0: Hmm. Oh, oh, oh. Well, yeah, here we are. Oh, gotta do this. Um, hmm. Uh, Jazz, Jazz, assistant interim co producer slash intern, Jazz. Uh, I assume we are recording. Um, and if we're not recording, that's fine Because I have a, a, a couple of, of uh, requests for you Before we get into the uh, show portion of the show Of course, as always, we record uh, approximately three hours Before the uh, scripted portion of the program um, Just to kind of get my voice warmed up and to kind of get some room sound on tape in case uh, either Jazz, Jazz being you, the person I'm talking to, or Billy, our other co-assistant interim producer slash intern, uh, so that you have um, some, some nice room sound and Tim vibe to work with as you're editing the program. Um... And so, uh, before we get to the actual scripted portion, uh, while we're still in the pre-show but still recorded three-hour portion, uh, we routinely do, before every episode of Politics, as I'm sure folks can tell from the high quality of the program, um, I'd like to just uh, take a moment to thank you for all your work uh, putting this program together for these many years. Um, and it has been years, uh approximately, I believe th- we're at thirty-two now. Thirty-two years going strong of politics. Uh, as one can see um on our website at the about us section, which is up in the corner, uh on on the WordPress menu, that is not the default. In fact, it is one we've paid a lot of money for. So I hope you enjoy it. <clears throat> Um so i want to thank you for all your time you put into politics uh you've followed me through thick and thin uh through political droughts and through political floods and i want to know your uh, I want you to know i want I want to know and also I want you to know that you are appreciated uh even when at times I may seem unappreciative know that deep down in fact uh the appreciation is right there, just like a, a hot coal in my heart. So thanks to you and thanks to me. Uh, my name is Tim S, of course, and welcome. Uh, we are now transitioning from the, the pre-show the pre portion of the show <laughs> into the show portion of the show. Uh, I have been talking for approximately two hours and 58 minutes, and so... Um, and that does not include the last two minutes, of course. Uh, th- that all adds up to the three hours that constitutes the pre-show portion of the show. And now we're into the show. And hello, hi- everyone. Hi. Welcome back. Uh, welcome to Politics. My name is Tim S. And I am, of course, the host of Politics, And I will be your guide through politics, but also through politics, through American politics, through, as we always say on this program, because it is an accurate description, uh, the jungle of American politics. And of course, we are in the thick of that jungle right now. It is the presidential season. Um, Well, in a sense, it's always, I suppose, the presidential season because uh, we've always got a president. Um, There's a brief moment a brief, brief moment when one president is on stage, nearing the end of his term, quite like the old man who becomes the baby of the new year. The old president stands on stage uh, behind the podium with uh, Bibley in front of him. And uh, the new guy, and it has always been a guy, but does not mean it will be this time around, not to get too political, um, stands next to him. And I can say him for the old guy, because the old guy so far has always been a guy. So that's not a, a judgment on the fitness of women to be president. It's just a statement of fact. All of the presidents so far have been a, a dudes. Um Apart from our current president, who, as listeners of this program know, is in fact a small impish creature in a man suit. Technically not a man, although... I don't really know how to classify him, and I don't want to make assumptions. So um the old guy stands on stage and the new person stands next to him. And then there's a brief moment when the new person's being sworn in, when technically, according to uh, the law and to lore and to American lore, there's a brief moment when we don't have a president. and for that flickering second, the, the nation falls into utter chaos and all rules are torn asunder. In fact, the, the, uh, the very uh, fabric of, of America becomes frayed and uh, has to quickly be woven together again by the new guy. So if you'll notice um, during the, the next time when the, the old guy president is swearing in the new person, president. If you look closely, there is terror in everyone's eyes, because we all know, even without really knowing, that our society is always so quick, so, so close to falling apart. Uh, but for the quick and uh, efficient swearing in of the new person, be they guy or gal, So that's a fun fact about presidents that I'm sure all of you were aware of, but I've just reminded you of. Um, And that leads us into the topic of today's program. (sighs) Well, um, this isn't an easy subject for me to talk about, but I I want to not beat around the bush too much. Uh, Of course, as I alluded to earlier, we are in the midst of a presidential uh, season. Um, and not just any presidential season when we've always got a president, but in fact, it's the time of year and the time of the decade uh, when we are in a roundabout way uh, through many advertisements and speeches and debates and um, uh, tweets and Facebook posts deciding who will be the next president of the United States of America. And... You know, on this program, we like to talk about American politics and give context for them and analyze them. Um, but I think it's important to sometimes just kind of dig into the, the, the nitty gritty of the process. Now, um, as a lot of you might be aware, uh, what we do when we pick who's running for president is that each of the two big parties, and the two big parties, of course, are the Democrats' party and the Republicans' party, And so the Democrats party, um, they're the ones who aren't in charge right now of anything, really. And uh, they're going through a process that's called a primary. Now, that might sound like a simple process. You know, everyone just comes out and votes and then picks the person they like the best. Then that guy or gal uh, gets to be the person that the Democrats run against the big boy, Donald Trump. You might think that's how it works, but you would be a wrong. Um, now, I consider myself, of course, to be a political expert and analyst and an expert analyst because I am. Um, I consider myself to be that because it's clearly true. And so I uh, fancied myself a pretty um, thorough uh, knowledger of the way this process works. But it turns out, the first time in the primary that the Democrats pick someone to be the best person, it's not just all done at the same time in every single state. They do it one at a time. So the different states kind of like take turns deciding who gets to be the president or who gets to be the Democrats guy or gal who's going to be president. Um and I, I I've been trying to figure out what the order is. You, you would might think it's alphabetical. That's one way you could order the states in terms of who gets to pick the president, right? You go from uh, you, you go from b, b uh, you, you go from a, uh, mm, you go from uh, alas, mm, no. Is that the first one? Is it? You go from the first state in the alphabet, uh, and then you keep going down the list until you get to the last state in the alphabet, which is probably one that starts with a Y. I, I, part of me wants to say Z, but I'm pretty sure there aren't any Z states. So I'm going to say it's a Y state, one of the Y states. Go down the list, A to, a to Y. That's one way you could do it. Another way you could do it is smallest to biggest. Now, I think that would be an exciting way to decide who gets to be the Democrats' president person because it would get more and more important as you go down the list, right? Like you start with the smallest state, which is probably uh, Virginia, I think. And then you, you, you keep getting bigger. You get bigger and bigger until you get to the biggest state, which is definitely Texas, uh, the Lone Star State, the biggest boy in the in the bunch. Um, and so I think that's, that would be a good way to do it. But as it turns out, the way it happens because of rules is that Iowa, uh, the heartland of America, <laughs> starts out things with, with a bang. Um, and in this case, something of a bust. Now, we don't d- dig too much into uh, um, criticizing people in politics in this show. We're, we're a pretty positive bunch. Me and and Jazz and Billy. Um, but things didn't go great on uh, the day of the Iowa vote. Um and I, I want to give a little bit of context. I don't. I'm not speaking about this as somebody who is just you know uh, a, a guy who reads the news or uh, like knows somebody who works in politics, and so he hears all the the cool facts that normal folks don't hear. You know, I am not I'm not I'm not a, I'm not a journalist necessarily. I, I'm I'm an analyst and an expert, but I've, I felt like this was an important enough event, the Iowa president vote. That I should go in person. Um, and so I, I talked to jazz, and I talked to Billy. I talked to them each separately first, because I wanted to, to get a sense of where their heads were at, um, without them worrying about, you know, kind of influencing the other, what the boss is going to think. Because you're talking in front of your coworker, You know how it, 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 a good boss thinks about these things. And I am, of course, the boss of politics and of politics. <laughs> um, mm, so uh, Jazz and Billy and I, I being Tim S, uh, sat around the politics uh, office table. Uh, we have a, an office table that we share. Um, When we're producing the program, and it is a bit small for our purposes, but we make it work. Um, It's round, so sometimes it's a little bit hard to figure out which side is which in terms of who gets to sit where and where your stuff goes. Um, So there's a little bit of jostling. Sometimes um, my files get knocked off the table, and I get upset. And um, sometimes I knock Jazz's... Uh, wafer cookies off the table and jazz gets upset and i would argue that uh it's worse to knock my important files off the table because they're necessary for the show whereas wafer cookies are not important for producing politics um but we don't need to get into that now it's a uh, it's a little inside baseball um, so we sat and we discussed the possibility and the logistics of uh, the politics crew attending the Iowa caucuses and uh, decided that it was worth the investment in a bus ticket uh, for me, but that Jazz and Billy um, didn't feel that they needed to attend with me um, because they had, quote, other stuff to do, unquote, uh, which strikes me as a little bit, um, insulting, given that this is the most important thing in my life and should be the most important thing in their lives. But, uh, so that was what we came to as an agreement. So I uh, purchased a bus ticket using a uh, portion of the politics budget which we have set aside for such things um, we have approximately30,000 dollars a year uh, set aside for travel expenses um, for, the, for, the, for, for just for politics purposes I would never misuse those funds for my own uh, personal enjoyment or um, to go on vacation to Maui. For example, Uh, so I I took a ticket to Iowa and uh, they, they at the bus station, they were a little bit rude. They said, you can't just take a bus to Iowa. You have to pick a specific part of the state, which I tried to explain to them, the caucuses are happening all over the place. Just send me to Iowa, I'll figure out where to go. They were not pleased with that answer. We got into a little bit of an argument. Eventually they put me on a bus to Iowa City, which I at first objected to because that sounds made up. Uh, You don't just call a city like the name of the state and then city afterwards. That's ridiculous. There's no Washington City. There's no California City. There's probably not a Nevada City. And if there was a Nevada City and it wasn't in the state of Nevada, that would be even dumber. So that can't be real. Uh, New York City <laughs> I mean What are we children uh, So I went to Iowa City And I got off the bus And I turned to the first person I saw Who uh, was Waving around a sign that said Amy Klobuchar uh, Amy 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 for president And I said to the young person Holding the sign Hey where are the caucuses and they looked very frightened. Um, I think they were. I probably asked in an overly urgent tone, um, and they. I did not make pleasantries beforehand, so it may have caught them by surprise. Uh, but so I, I. I felt to to steady them that I must grab them by both of their shoulders, and then just provide a, a little shake, just a short shake to calm them down, and then I asked again, "Where are the caucuses?" And so they dropped their sign, and with their their arms still pinned to their side slightly, I'm not a strong man, but I was very excited, they pointed in a direction of a large building, and uh, I walked towards the building with my briefcase at my side uh, and knocked on the front door. And then a, uh, a nice gentleman in a tuxedo let me in, and it was a beautifully appointed building. Uh, it was the lush carpets and um, oil paintings on the walls, lots of brass fixtures. The 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 uh, the floors were either marble or a very convincing facsimile of marble, and. I, I will admit this is not what I was expecting from the caucuses uh, I assume that would be it would be kind of like in a, a thing that where you go vote in a big room um, like a gymnasium or a church it's usually how it goes where I'm from uh, but in this case it was it almost seemed like a, a fancy mansion uh, and so I I go and I kind of like went through the first hallway um which was the nice fancy hallway i was just describing and kind of looked in a room to my left and um i saw there there was an empty dining room which i suppose one needs to eat during a caucus i don't really know and then i looked to my right and there was uh, a ballroom and that was empty i thought the caucus would probably be in the ballroom given that that's where uh, it's probably usually the biggest room in a mansion is the ballroom because that's where you host your fancy balls. Of course Um, we're all familiar with the ACDC song and uh, I went, kept going down the hallway and then I saw a room full of uh, men smoking cigars. And it was a, it was a smoke filled room. Um, And I thought that I was interrupting, but they kind of waved me in, and then I, I, I found out, um, I, I sat down in one of the, the plush chairs in the room, and all, all around the all around the the circumference of the room, and it was a a, um, a very darkly lit, but, but uh, luxurious space uh, the walls were kind of a um, like that wallpaper that's, uh Looks like it's it could be it could be made of velvet, but it's just wallpaper and it's got like fancy crowns and stuff on it. Um, and the there was a chandelier and then there was another chandelier coming down from the chandelier, so it was kind of like a a double chandelier. And so these guys are sitting around and they're like, Oh, well, you're you're late for the meeting, and I said, Oh, I'm sorry, and uh, they, they kind of laughed, um, because they were obviously having a nice time talking about politics, which is what the turnout they were talking about. So I looked around the room, and all on the walls, there are these paintings of people. And then the most recent painting was uh, DNC Chairman Tom Perez. And then I realized that these, these, this was like the, the DNC's hangout spot. Right. This is like where they chill and discuss politics when. And for those of you who don't know, the DNC, I I should explain, stands for the Democrat National Council. And it's where they make all the big decisions about party stuff. So I figured out pretty quick that this is this is where the the big important guys hang out. Um, And. They, they, uh, they were talking about the election and they were saying uh, uh, that they don't like Bernie and that he's bad and that they want to stop him from winning, which I thought was interesting um, and was, you know, I, I think it's fair for people to have their own opinions. But I also feel like it, when the guys in charge of a party uh, don't like one of the people running, that might kind of bias things a little bit in terms of the democracy happening um so you know i'm not a a biased political analyst i i try to stay neutral in my thinking and my um analyzing uh but when they were saying mean things about bernie who again i will not vote for because i do not vote since that would be uh inappropriate for someone who is is so involved in political analysis to to uh uh, participate in the process himself uh, I said hey um, you know I think Bernie has some good ideas and then all of these guys and they were all wearing suits and some of them had mutton chops they were all smoking cigars except for one man who um, had two cigars because he was uh, the, the bossiest of all of them and they all sort of stopped talking and slowly looked at me and then one of them um turned to me and smiled and said do you want to see where the caucuses are made and of course i was thrilled i said absolutely i would love to see where the caucuses are made i don't know what that means but I'm excited to find out, and uh, I'm just thrilled to meet all of you big important politics boys. And so he kind of made a motion, and then a butler came, and the butler uh, was wearing an American flag-themed suit, which I thought was fun. And he came, and he, he, he escorted me in not a rough manner, but a very... Uh, I would say, firm manner to, out out of the the parlor room, the DNC parlor, and into uh, an upstairs room. He walked me upstairs, um, and then I started to hear a lot of strange noises, like uh, one room that I walked by sounded like ticker tapes, um, going through like a telegram machine. I think that's how that works. Uh, Another room sounded like a bunch of speeches being played at the same time um but they were like speeches that had never been given before it was like where the speeches are made and then another room uh just said shadow on it um which i thought was interesting because i don't normally connect shadows to politics right shadows are are stuff that happens when you're outside and the sun shines on you and then it makes a fun pattern that looks like you on the ground. Um, and so the, the, the butlerman, the American butlerman, um, opened the door and he said, please, sir, step inside. Um, and I, I felt like I didn't really have a choice. Um, it wasn't so much he was forcing me to do it, but my curiosity was, was, was profound. And so he opened the door. It was very dark And then I stepped inside. Um, and I don't remember a ton of what happened there. Although I felt like I understood the caucuses on a a deeper level that can't quite be expressed in words to you normal types. Um, I felt like at once I was both, uh a polling place, I was uh, an advertisement paid for by a billionaire, I was uh, a white paper put out by Elizabeth Warren's campaign to show how she's going to beat Wall Street nicely. I, I was uh, a, a stray f- frond of hair upon the dome of Bernie Sanders. Uh, I, I was Tom Styer's deathly stare as he blankly and creepily peers at the audience during a debate. I was, in fact, the, the moderators of the debates themselves. Um, and I, I felt like I was all of these things at once. And, and, and at first it was a good feeling. It was like, oh, I finally understand. I've sought to understand politics my entire life. But now, now truly, I do, I do understand them. They, they, are, they have become me, and I have become them. And then my body, uh, my human body, because I am a human, started to become overwhelmed. It couldn't handle all of the politics and all of the the caucus uh, excitement, and I, I just. I started spinning around and screaming. And and I was running into things. It turns out there was other stuff. And when I came to, because I blacked out, It turns out I was just in a room full of servers, uh, you know, like the computer boxes that do fancy things, and I knocked a bunch of them over. Um, And then it was pretty clear at that point that uh, what I had experienced was not so much uh, being inside of the caucuses or being one with them. It was just I got really hot and then started uh, hallucinating and then I, I broke the servers that were for a, uh, a caucus app. And I, I'm not still not clear on what this is. It's some sort of thing that people use to do caucus stuff. And I broke the servers, and uh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to do it. I was going to there to try to learn more about how caucuses work and I accidentally broke them so I apologize uh, but it was not done with malicious intent but uh, mea culpa I'm so sorry Anyway, uh, hope the next one goes better. And I promise that if I come next time, I won't break anything. And also, vote Bernie. Bye.